Wow, I, I, I hear that announcement. I've never heard of a church that drastically cut prices and, and lets high schoolers come for 50 bucks. Uh, that's so cool. Just the investment that, that we're making in the next generation. And those will be life-changing days that will spiritually ignite our youth. In fact, that's why we're doing this series. It's been a series on relationships. The future of our students is dependent on the quality of our relationships that we have today. And we've been looking at this, our friendships, our dating relationships, our marriage, our family. And we had a key verse that we've looked at throughout this, and it's found in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. And Paul is writing, he says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And Ashley has done a, a, a great job of sharing a powerful model uh, from Dr. John Van Epp. It's called the Relationship Attachment Model. It has five bonds of, of endearment and the progression that occurs. You've seen it week after week of moving all the way down. And if you missed any of the previous weeks, I want to encourage you to listen back to, to Ashley's messages because each one progresses on top of the other. And there is a purpose to this path. It is, it is a biblical path. It is the, it is the proper way to, to go about it in, in any relationship. Now, uh, Ashley shared with us, uh, I think it was a week ago, um, that he and Jamie, they waited, I think it was three months uh, before they, they first kissed. And he said the reason he did that was because he wanted to make certain that their relationship was not built on, on physical things. Uh, and every situation is different for each of us. Um, in, in my dating situation, uh, I, I did not kiss my wife until we were married. And um, I know that uh, that is true. It might sound kind of archaic, but I didn't kiss my wife until we were married because she wasn't my wife until we got married. Uh, <laughs> did you think I really waited that whole time? <laughs> I didn't wait even three days, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Ashley. But uh, there is a progression that takes place, and we, we were a little longer than that. But there's a definition of commitment that I want you to see, and that is being dedicated to a cause, activity, or person. It is a pledge. It is an undertaking. Uh, for those of us who like football, think of it like this. When, you, when the defense thinks there's going to be a pass play, what happens? Uh, the defense might call a, a blitz, and a linebacker, instead of staying back, instead he moves forward as fast as he possibly can, but he, he has to sell out. He, he can't just kind of casually do it and kind of be halfway. It, it's an all-or-nothing proposition. you got to commit. You can tell your buddies, uh, hey, let's go skydiving sometime. You can even say, oh, I really want to go skydiving. But until you actually go up in a plane and let go and jump out, your commitment level is really in question. Solomon says it like this in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3. He says, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. And that's good advice for us, whatever it is that we're undertaking. And today what I want to do is I just want to, I want to walk through several observations and, and make them concerning the idea of commitment. And here's the first observation. And that is that commitment is a personal decision that you back up by following through. That, that's how we approach it. Christians should be known for, for keeping their word in all relationships, in all areas of life. 
And it is a, a personal decision. Uh, think of it like this, the five words that we just saw up on, on the screen, those five words of know, trust, rely, commit, and touch, every one of them is a verb. So what does that tell us? It, it has to be a conscious decision. So how are you when it comes to, to following through with your friends when they say, hey, you gotta be at dinner at, at, at seven o'clock, we're gonna be there, that's when the reservation is and we can't be seated until everybody is there, our whole party is there. Are you there at seven or are you the person that always rolls in 15 minutes late and says, oh man, you know, you're not gonna believe what happened, right? How about in dating? When you set a goal of saying, you know, I'm, we're gonna try to be pure in, in, in our, our dating relationship. Well, have you set up any hedges of protection? Have you put any safeguards in place? Is there anyone to kind of hold you all accountable? Commitment is a word that, that seems to be fading these days. I mean, years, years ago, they would talk about, uh, you know, don't need to sign a contract. All you need to do is just have a handshake, and that was binding. And God made covenants with people, and he emphasized them with symbols. Uh, think of the rainbow. Why did God put a rainbow in the sky? It's so that every time you see it now, it reminds you that God will never destroy the earth with a flood. Why is it that we take communion? You just took communion at every one of our campuses. Why, why would you do that? Well, it's because those simple items, the, the bread and the cup, they remind you of Christ's body and Christ's blood that was poured out for us. And those simple things are a way of reminding us of the commitment of just how much Jesus loves us. Today, a ring, a ring is a symbol in our culture. It represents that someone is committed to you. It, it, it might be an, an engagement ring or a wedding band, but someone has made a pledge to you. That, that ring says that someone chose you out of all the people in the world, someone chose you. 36 years ago when, when Beth and I began talking about getting engaged and talking about marriage, I asked her, I said, well, what, what type of a diamond do you want? Because I didn't really know anything about any of that. And I'm very fortunate because Beth doesn't really like a lot of jewelry. And so I lucked out on that. And I'll never forget what she said because when I asked her what type of stone she wanted, she said, oh, I don't want anything big. I don't want anything expensive. She said, I just want a nice stone. And I said, baby, I'm right here, you know? <laughs> that wasn't the stone she wanted, all right? I, I, I promise you that. She still wanted some kind of a ring because it represents a commitment that's being made. And when we've been married for I think it was about three years. I remember one time she called me at work and when she called up, I could tell she was a little bit frazzled and, and uh, upset. And I said, what, what's wrong? She said, well, she said, I can't, I can't find the stone, the diamond, uh, in, in, my band is there, but the diamond has fallen out. And I said, well, hang in there, babe. I said, don't worry. I said, did you take a shower this morning? She said, yeah, I took a shower. I said, well, honey, don't, don't worry, if you took a shower, you probably just bumped it against the wall somehow and it just dislodged the diamond and it fell into the bathtub. But I guarantee you this, as big as that stone was and as small as that little tiny holes are in that drain, it will be there. She said, I beg to differ. <laughs> and she never found the, the diamond. <laughs> Why did we go then and get another diamond? It's because the ring represents a commitment. It is a public declaration of an inner commitment. 
Don't make a commitment that you don't intend to keep. In sports, think, think of, of how follow through is so important. When you strike a putt in golf, it comes down to the follow through. When you shoot a free throw in basketball, it comes down to the follow through. When you throw a pass, a quarterback throws a pass, it comes down to the follow through. The same is true when we think about the promises we make to our family and friends or to our coworkers and to our clients. Ecclesiastes chapter two, excuse me, Ecclesiastes five, verse two. It says, don't make rash promises. Let your words be few. Then verse five says, it is better to say nothing than to make a promise and not keep it. You see, integrity is doing what you say that you're going to do. Here's our second observation, and that is making a commitment will in time reveal your values and your character. That's what happens. Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 11, verse three, said, the integrity of the upright guides them, but the unfaithful are destroyed by their duplicity. And that word there, it means double-minded. It, 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 it's, think about uh, hypocrisy. It's two faces. It's being one way when you're with some people and one way when you're with another group of people. And he's saying, don't have a duplicitous life. This verse reminds me of, of just how we have to be people of our word. And a commitment that we make is something that we stand by and we stick with. And when you give your word, you, you, you're saying, this is what I wanna do. And then you follow through on it because you are revealing what is most important to you. You are revealing whether or not you really are a man or a woman of, of character, of, of integrity. Dr. John Van Epp, he says it like this. He says, a commitment will only be as strong as the conscience that upholds it. Let me read that again. A commitment will only be as strong as the conscience that upholds it. Have you ever said the phrase, well, can consider the source. What are you saying when you say consider the source? You're, you're calling attention to the fact that you're not surprised by somebody's actions because in the past, they have given you reason to question their integrity or their commitment. The level of your commitment can only be determined by the depth of your character. And your commitment is an outgrowth of who you are on the inside. And the Apostle Paul is just a, a great example for us. Because through his, his suffering, his character was revealed. It, it showed that he truly was committed. Second Timothy chapter one, verse 12, Paul writes, that is why I am suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame because I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. What day? The day when Christ returns. And so we're going to be people of character until the day that Christ comes back. Doesn't matter what painful experiences Paul had to endure, he says, I'm sticking with Christ. He is my commitment. Well, here's our third observation, and that is character is the ability to carry out a resolution long after the mood in which the resolution was made has left. I mean, that really is a true test, isn't it? 
I mean, we make a decision in, in, in the heat of the moment or we make a decision when something's far, far away in the distance on the, on the calendar, but then it comes time to whether or not we're gonna, we're gonna stand with it and, and follow through and do it. Because things have changed, will you change? Think about a wedding. It's, it's easy to say your marital vows with 180 people all dressed up and, and staring and hanging on every word that you say. But it's a little bit tougher to keep those vows when a few days later you're on your exotic honeymoon and your spouse gets an intestinal bug. That's when you find out whether you're really committed, right? Or how about this, parents? Have you ever made a commitment to your kids and you have said something like, you know, yeah, we're gonna do something on Saturday afternoon and then what happens? All of a sudden, it sounded great on Wednesday, Saturday afternoon comes, and now you're looking for a way that you can kind of get out of that. They watch everything we do. Proverbs chapter 20, verse seven, says the righteous walk in integrity. Happy are the children who follow them. Do you know why commitment is becoming so rare? It's because of our fourth observation, and that is because commitment is an ongoing journey, not a one-time event. You see, we love it when we, we say that we've got something that we've got to do, but when we do it, it's, it's just a checking a box. Well, I've got that event. I have to go serve at that. But to have a lifestyle of being a servant, well, that's, that's completely different. And commitment is the same way. And, and I look at the life of the Apostle Paul and he gives us an example of being committed to a relationship. And when I talk about that, I'm talking about his relationship with Jesus Christ because he makes it crystal clear who it is that he's committed to and what it is that his goal is. And he tells us quite plainly in Philippians chapter three, verses 10 and 11. He says, I wanna know Christ and I wanna experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I wanna suffer with him sharing in his death so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Some translations say, I wanna share in the fellowship of his suffering. Who would say that? Only a person who wants to look like their master and their master just happens to be Jesus Christ. And as a result of that, he is willing to endure anything because every other relationship pales in comparison to his relationship with Jesus Christ. And he backs it up in 2 Corinthians when he begins to go through all of the different things and he lists off basically a resume that shows how it is that his trials have come about because of his commitment to Christ. Things like being imprisoned, uh, five times receiving 39 lashes, three times being beaten with rods, three times being shipwrecked, one night out in the open sea, a day and a night. He survived a brutal stoning on another occasion. And Paul's resume reveals that he is sold out for Christ and he is living for him. Are you? Are you sold out for Christ? And since commitment is a journey, it will take tweaks and it will take adjustments through the months and years so that the commitment continues to grow. You know, because of this sermon series, uh, Beth and I have started closing our days out by uh, holding hands and facing one another and sharing what we learned about the other person today or what we appreciated the most uh, that they did today. 
And I know it might kind of sound hokey, it might kind of sound kind of juvenile, but I'm just here to tell you, I've been married 36 years, and it's a pretty cool way to close the day because what you're doing is you're moving from side to side, which is where we spend most of our time, watching a computer screen or watching something on TV, no interaction, just side to side, and you're moving to face to face. And that's where commitment really goes to a deeper level. And I'm so glad that Beth had that suggestion and I'm glad that we're doing it. Because if you don't take the time to have honest interaction, if you don't take the time to have difficult conversations, if you don't take the time to encourage one another and tell what it is that you love about the other person, if you don't make those tweaks and those improvements, pretty soon you'll find yourselves growing apart rather than growing together. Relationships are about keeping your word. Relationships are about keeping your commitments and following through. About four weeks before every CCV sermon series, there is a planning meeting with the CCV teaching team and about a a dozen different staff members here at CCV. So I usually join in from Kentucky and they put a speakerphone in the middle of the room here in, in Phoenix and they're all around that and so Whenever it is that you're preaching, you talk through the components in your ideas with the group, and I do it long distance. And you talk about your particular sermon, and everybody chimes in with their ideas and their input. And when I began talking about this message, I said, you know, when I think of commit, I think of something like skydiving. There there comes a point that you have to commit. And I didn't think a whole lot of it. At the end of the meeting, an hour and a half later, one of the guys named Ben says, hey, Dave, I, uh, you still on the line? I say, yeah, yeah, I'm still on here. They said, hey, we, we all love that skydiving example that you mentioned in your introduction. You should go skydiving as an illustration for your sermon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Easy for him to say, right? You know. And even though I was 1,800 miles away from that meeting, as he said it, as he said, you should go skydiving, I could feel my body tensing up. And so I said, Uh, you're breaking up, Ben. I can't hear what you're suggesting. And everybody laughed, and then they all said, uh, hey, you should do that, Dave. And I kind of nervously laughed, and then I casually said, I'll tell you what, if Ashley and Mark do it with me, then I'll gladly do it. And Ashley and Mark say, we're in. (laughs) I'm like, what just happened? My plan had backfired. Well, I I laid low for the next four weeks, and I didn't say a word to anyone. I just stayed in my little shack in Kentucky and never came out of the home, all right? I never said a word about it. I thought, they'll forget. Two weeks ago, they start coming at me from all sides. Mark Moore says, real men jump out of airplanes. (laughs) Ashley, Ashley sends me a seven-word text. If you love Jesus, you'll do it. That is harassment in the workplace, all right? But let me show you what happened two days ago. Watch this. Man, we're getting close. You, uh, you, you getting nervous? Uh, yeah. I'm having second thoughts, to be honest with you. Why would you be nervous? You're a Christian. Well, I said first, I kept reading over and over last night that Jesus says in Matthew, he says, lo, lo, I am with you always. Doesn't say anything about high. Lo. 
Oh, we're here, aren't we? Oh. telling you my, my heart gets pumping just watching that it's crazy it still is racing when I see that the the staff at Skydive Buckeye they were great they helped settle my nerves that day and uh, Ray and Melissa and Danny and Chris and the tandem guy attached to me his name is Farmer and uh, he's made thousands of jumps and it was so cool he even prayed with me before we jumped out of the plane which uh, I really appreciated you know <laughs> Uh, but I, I don't even remember saying I love you to him when I landed. <laughs> and I'm watching this thing, and I'm like, well, I, I do love him. I've meant it. Trust me. My life was in his hands for five minutes. Uh, and he's a really hilarious guy. When we were in the plane, and when that thing opens up on the side, I'm telling you, there's nothing like it. And I didn't know that he was seated behind me. I didn't know that he had attached me yet. And it was time for us to get ready. And I'm like, I don't think he's attached to me. 
And so I leaned back and I said, hey, farmer, are we attached? And he said, emotionally? <laughs> so I'm sure he's used that line before, right? But there wasn't just one moment of commitment. There was a series. It truly was a journey. But when they opened that door, I'm trying to think when it was that I really committed. And I think I can tell you when it was. It was when I watched Mark go out the window. Uh, surprisingly, that's, that's when I felt like I was fully committed. Because if I didn't jump, then I would be letting Mark down. And Ashley was in another plane, and he was coming next he was coming behind me, and I didn't want to let him down. So there was someone in front showing me the way, and there was someone behind me who had my back. And that's why the Bible says a cord of three strands is, is not easily broken, because there is a commitment that you can have with your friends that comes over the course of time from knowing and trusting and relying in, in committing, there's a reason that we were all hugging afterwards. It's because we'd gone through that whole process together. That's why relationships are so important, and you hear us say that here at CCV all the time. You know, toward the end of 2020, our family had a series of, of different painful situations and tragedies, and they seemed to come just one right after another, month after month. And then it all culminated with uh, the unexpected passing of my father, which was a year ago this week. But I didn't realize the toll that all of these painful situations were having on me. And I went through a stretch last February and March where I, where I really didn't want to be around people. And if you know me very well, that's really not who I am and I didn't realize that I was just pulling back from everyone. But my wife uh, did. And she started gently leaning in with me. And the joy that had characterized my life for years seemed to be replaced by a heaviness from what just continued to be a monthly barrage of different things. And Beth said to me, she said, you know, I, I, think, you, I think you need to see a doctor and my male ego didn't like that idea. But I'm so glad that she kept lovingly prodding me. And I was diagnosed with depression, which is the last thing that I ever dreamed that I would struggle with. I started seeing a counselor to help me. And the fact that I even wrestled with telling you those things and saying that publicly reveals that I also struggle with pride. And we as pastors would like for you to think that we've got it all together, but I sure don't. And 2021 taught me to lean on the Lord and to get into his word and to rely and to trust my wife's wisdom. And what a blessing she has been in a difficult season and last year, she just walked beside me during a really long stretch that I'm thankfully coming out of. And on those days that seemed dark and depressing, I was grateful to have a wife who meant it when she said, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and in health. That's commitment. 
That leads us to the fifth and final observation, and that is commitment is making a choice to give up other choices. It's burning the ships. It's it's cutting off everything and saying, this is the direction I'm going to go. You know, marriage is more than just a a piece of paper. It is a covenant relationship. It is a stunning blend of, of love and law, vertically committed to God, horizontally committed to each other. It is a love-driven, truth-telling, grace-giving, committed relationship. Let me tell you about a, a Vietnam veteran, Dave Reaver. He tells of the dramatic way that God spared his life when he was a soldier in Vietnam. He pulled a pin on a grenade like he had done dozens of times before, and when he raised it up to throw it, the grenade was faulty, and, and it went off right there. And somehow, by the grace of God, he survived. Much of the skin on the right side of his body was blown off. If you were to see Dave Reaver today, he himself would admit that he looks rather grotesque. And the entire, uh, the entire side of his right face is deformed. He has no eyelid. He has a badly sunken right jaw. He has no right ear. He has no right hand. He says he was lying in the hospital bed recovering from his wounds and the man in the bed beside him had similar wounds and was recovering from a similar accident. And Reaver says that man's wife walked into the room and she saw her husband. She took off her ring and said, I can't deal with this and walked out. And Dave Reaver said, I knew my wife was going to do the same thing. He said the next day his wife had gotten in town and she came to the hospital to see him for the very first time. And when she walked in, Dave Reaver said to her, I don't expect you to have to deal with this. His wife came over, she bent down, she kissed his burnt lips and said, you weren't that good looking in the first place. (laughs) And Dave Reaver says their marriage survived because it didn't begin in the back seat of a car, it began in the front row of a church. And Reaver and his wife have dedicated their life to sharing their testimony to encourage thousands of people in their marriages. You do know that, that marriage is a microcosm of the Christian life. And when you think about it, when you choose to get married, you, you are choosing someone. Remember earlier when we talked about symbols, we talked about rings, how they represent commitment? That's what baptism communicates. When I got a ring for Beth, when, when people see that on her finger, through that ring, I was communicating, hey, she's off limits. I made a commitment to her, she made a commitment to me. She belongs to me and I belong to her. And the same happens when you are baptized into Jesus Christ. It is a public declaration of an inner commitment. And in the same way when Satan attacks and the world tries to ensnare you, the Lord stands up for you and he says, hands off. She's taken. She belongs to me. Hands off. He belongs to me. Satan, you can't have him. And so maybe it's time for you to commit. You can be baptized 
most any day at any of our campuses, but this weekend, it's a baptism weekend. We have several throughout the year, but maybe this is your day. And at your campus, wherever you might be, there, there's a tent outside near the baptistry area, and you can talk to a staff person there afterwards. They'll, they'll help you. They've got everything that you need if you make that decision. But here's my challenge for you. My challenge for you today is to make a commitment or to make a recommitment to Christ and then follow through on that commitment. And it might look different for each and every one of us. If you're married, it may be a commitment to say, we're gonna hold hands and look each other in the eye sometime each day. If you're single, it might be inviting the spirit of the Lord to lead you in whether or not to pursue a relationship right now or not. Commitment may take the form of of starting to read your Bible regularly. It might mean having a heart-to-heart conversation with your boyfriend or girlfriend and say, you know, I I don't think we should be living together. I think we've kind of got things out of order on that progression, and I want to honor God. Commitment may mean getting baptized. The challenge is to make a commitment or a recommitment to Christ and then to follow through. To go the distance in your marriages and in your relationships, it doesn't happen by accident. It takes work, it takes commitment, but the results on the other side are are so worth it when you do things God's way. I want you to take a look at a video of a CCV couple who truly exemplify what it means to commit to another person. I think it will inspire you. Watch this brief video.